All right, you are now tuned in to the Follow Through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 142.5. We are calling this the halftime hitter. Clippers are playing Denver, battling for that second position, so we're dropping a pod at halftime. Dame dropped 61. D. Cooker and the Phoenix Stuns are killing in the bubble. And what the hell was Giannis thinking with the headbutt heard around the world? It's the follow through with Clips and Drew. Drew, kick that intro music. Excuse me, I didn't mean to interrupt like Mount Vesuvius. I'm about due to erupt. Use it or I'm losing it. They say I need to loosen up. Tight, I'm well taught. I must do the max like Gluty us. I do have something to say. So you got to give it up. Give it up. You never heard What up, podcast world? What's up, everybody? You know what it is. You know where you're at. It is the follow through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode one forty two point five. The reason that is is we are calling this the halftime hitter. It's Denver and Clippers right now. We decided to drop a pod because there's so much going on in the bubble. We cannot keep up. And I don't miss Clipper games, so we had to come together and form the halftime hitter. And this is what it is, Drew. Are you stoked on that? Yeah, I love this. This is great. I think it's going to be cool because we don't have to talk about everything. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot to talk about still, but there, I think our, our big bubble recap for the seeding game is going to happen on Saturday uh, because by that time, all, every, all the games will be played. We'll know the exact matchups for both Eastern and Western conferences. Um, and we can go off of that. So, yeah, this is good. I'm, I, I think this is a great one. Halftime hitter. I'm loving it. This is a perfect one for the dudes riding the subway, the quick trip to work. You know what I mean? You're on the well, treadmill well, for 20 minutes. What? People, people don't, they're, they're not doing a whole lot of commuting to work these days. I mean, very, I know there's still some. There's still true. some. I forgot there's the a world. The commute is from the bedroom to the couch. You know, that's my commute anyway. Kind of forgot about the global pandemic. My bad. <laughs> my bad. Hey, but there's some things that we just got to touch on, dude. And first thing first, put some respect on my motherfucking name, Dame, okay? Since, yes, the, sir. since the bubble beef, our boy Dame Lillard, 56 points a game, 7.5 assists, 55% from the field, 44% from the three-point line, 97% free throws, 40 points in the fourth quarter in two games. This man has a vendetta, and he is absolutely on fire. He dropped a 60-piece last night, his career high, I mean, what, dude? What is the, what is this guy smoking? I don't know. I, you know, it's uh, this is one of those things. This is one of those moments. Like, we, you know, TJ, TJ Warren it was in the zone for a little while, and we can see what happens when really good players get in the zone. This is what happens when elite players get in the zone, right? There's a difference between, you know, we're talking like 30, 32 points a game and going for 50 and 60 and back-to-back nights. Like, that's – insane I mean it's pretty clear that you know regardless of of whether or not Dame will admit it the Clippers lit a fire under his ass and I mean granted he's always he's always been one of those guys that seems like he wants to win every game he's out there trying to win every single game that he can uh, and doesn't take too many you know moments off but these last two games he's been unbelievable I mean there's no other real word about it I mean he'd be 61 points. I mean, granted, this is the one thing I'll say about the 61 points is that it was against Dallas, who, as we know, we wouldn't necessarily call them defensive minded. Not at all. However, Portland needs needed him to score that many points in order to get that game. And, you know, Dame's eyes are, are very much on this very first mile marker here of making the eight seed or making, you know, the nine seed or eight seed and playing in to the playoffs. But 
you can tell that his mentality isn't about just getting into the eighth seed. His mentality is about trying to get into the playoffs, face the Lakers, and try and beat the Lakers. And, and honestly, with performances like this, any team is going to have problems trying to beat Portland if he's putting up numbers like this. So it's an incredible performance. I'm happy I got to watch it. Me too. And it was just like that last three that just hit the ceiling of the arena and then just fell in. You're like, okay, bro. Like this guy is just so on fire. And then again, yeah. I, I get personally attacked from everywhere on social media. Like, like see clips. Or I'm like, what are we? I like Dame. Okay. I love watching this. I'm sorry that the Clippers made fun of them a little bit. And again, it's like, I don't understand why Dame thinks everybody's hating on him. Like, even in his raps, he's always talking about people hating on him and not believe. Like, dude, you are the top 10 elite player in the NBA. <laughs> Everybody respects yeah. you. You know what I'm saying? Um, but maybe well, I those- think a lot of that mentality comes from, like, that those early days in, in basketball, in high mm-hmm. school, in college, when he was overlooked by everybody. I mean, he went to Weber State. I mean, like, right. you know what I mean? That's just not – that's not a college that someone like him typically comes out of. And so I think he's definitely always kept that, that chip on his shoulder. And there's one thing about it too. I mean, you know, some of these greats, they need that whatever motivation internally. We saw it with Michael Jordan in that documentary. Mm. It's, it's more about whatever gets you to that zone to where it's like me against the world, even if it's not necessarily true. I mean, Michael Jordan, one of the most liked, players of all time still thought that everyone was out to get him and, and, you know, uh, people were trying to, to diss him all the time. So this is, I think it's, it's kind of one of those mentalities that greatness comes out of. And he, like you said earlier, he is that elite. He is that elite player that can do things like this. I don't know how long, I, I mean, if you need 61 from Dame to beat Dallas, you know what I'm saying? Like that's got a lot to say. So you need these other players to step up. Um, and again, like the defense on three-pointers, not just on Portland, but on everybody, it just seems like so many players are getting open looks. And again, getting to the line 19 times, I think it was for him. 18, the, yeah. 18, the fouls that are being called in every one of these games, just slowing <laughs> down so much, man. Yeah. But, uh, I, you know, Portland is the hottest team right now, besides the people we're going to talk about uh, a little bit later. Uh, are you scared as a Laker fan a little bit? If you get a really hot dame, Definitely. I'm definitely scared. I mean, I, I still think the Lakers, as I've said, you know, when we've talked about this a couple episodes, like I still feel confident we'll, we're going to win the matchup. But the weakest position for us is definitely the guard position right now, uh, shooting guard or point guard. I mean, granted, LeBron tends to play point for us offensively, but you know what I'm saying? Like Dame is going to torch our backcourt, whoever it is, if it's KCP, Caruso, even if we get Rondo back miraculously in some form or fashion, like we don't have an answer for him. I mean, granted, we have Danny Green. And if there's one thing that we can try to do to Dame is put some length and some size on him and make it as difficult as possible. So my guess is that if we do end up facing Portland, which, God damn it, all the signs seem to be pointing to that. It is, bro. It's uh, not Zion. It's not Zion. No. <laughs> It's not Zion. It's not Ja. I would love I, uh, like, San Antonio, okay, so, uh, please, right? If you I, no, get, San Antonio. I would love. I'm rooting. For, I'm, I'm rooting for Phoenix right now. I want to oh, see. Yeah. I want to see hot the Suns. I, that would be amazing if we could right. get them. Right. But even still, again, Devin Booker, another one of those guards that we we wouldn't necessarily have the best matchup for. Our, our only hope is Danny Green, and then maybe you know just kind of rotating guys on. Not and saying stop, a lot though, see Drew. What we can do. That's no, not no, saying a lot. But, on the, on the other side of it, they don't really have anybody to stop LeBron or Anthony Davis. So, I, again, I still feel pretty confident if that's the matchup. But, Look, I, of course, it scares me. If Dame can, if Dame can do this, 
then they're definitely going to at least win a one or two games against us. And if CJ's he's doing this play- stuff. CJ's been playing really well too. Again, I think Zach Collins has taken way too many three pointers. This guy needs just needs to go inside and get the boards and get the trash the trash buckets that they that they really need because Nurkic is working his ass off. Here's something that I gotta say though, it is very it's very possible that there could be an upset of Portland and the Lakers. It's very possible the Clippers can lose first round, right? Either one of those people lose first round, Clippers or Lakers, it's wide open for the championship for anybody. A port, it's not shocking to say that Portland can possibly win the championship this year. If you can get through that sure. hump in the first round, uh, it's anybody's game, dude. And in, in, in these scenarios, like in shortened seasons in the past, we've seen it when the most crazy things happen, like the most unexpected things happen, right? Yeah, the Knicks in 1999 made it to the finals – as an eight seed, even though they lost to San Antonio that year. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that can happen when you get this massive pause and break and then you restart and these teams are refreshed. I mean, granted, we have to take into consideration that if Portland had this squad for the entire year, they wouldn't even be in this like eight, nine seed mix up. Mm -hmm. They would most likely be somewhere in that four, five or six. I mean, shit last year, I think they were in the three seed. So, or maybe Denver was, but anyway, like, if it's just unfortunate for the Lakers <laughs> that that they they're squeaking into the playoffs now as hot as they are, but this is not surprising. And you're right; it wouldn't it wouldn't be the worst upset in the world if they beat the Lakers. It's not; it wouldn't be shocking. To no, everybody. no. Uh, just to talk about the beef too. Once again, Paul George did reach out to Dame, and they had a conversation about it because I still don't understand where the Paul George Dame beef happened that game. You know what I mean between Dame and Paul George? I understand the um the Patrick Beverly and Dame like I totally understand why Dame was upset about that I didn't understand about uh Paul George until after with the Twitter beef and then the females and sisters got involved too on Twitter and things started getting a little bit crazy and I think Paul and Dame both like after the dust had settled are like yo you know there's way bigger problems going on in our world that we need to you know squash this even though they both are going to have a chip on their shoulder about this. They're still competitors, you yeah. know, and they, I'm sure they both, they definitely both respect each other's games, but like, let's, let's get off the, 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 the beef shit, you know, see me in the playoffs basically. And that could possibly right. happen. At this particular moment, the only way the Clippers and, and Blazers would meet up again is in a conference finals mm-hmm. matchup. So it's not likely, right. um, but I mean, game respects game, right? Like mm-hmm. it's not like, Dame Lillard was not calling Paul George a scrub. Like, he knows Paul George is really good, and vice versa. He did call him um, chumps, though. He, so called I us, think, I think, he called us chumps, though. Yeah, he called the whole team chumps, and that's that kind of mentality that we're talking about him against the world. That's mm-hmm. the same same kind of thing. Like, And what is he supposed to say? He just, he just lost the game for his team, which is something that he's not used to doing. He's used to winning games for his team. So I think the loss in general, without that extra controversy, he would have taken very hard and probably would have had some questions about it. And he would have been upset just just without the, the antics. But of course, you know, the competitive side of Dame and, and any competitor, when Pat Bev or anybody's making fun of you, you're going to be like, you know, fuck you. I, I just like I, I think it's great and I don't have an issue with it. I don't either. Uh, moving forward, bro, the, the headbutt Giannis last night, the dumbest move by any MVP in the bubble. Uh, he headbutt. Literally, I don't understand why people thought it was a flop. I didn't see a flop. I saw a legit headbutt. He walked yeah. right into it and gave him a headbutt. And people were comparing it to a soccer flop. It was not. 
And the simple fact yeah. that he's only getting a game suspension is bullshit. I love Giannis, and I understand his 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 value for the NBA going into these bubble playoffs. But a one-game suspension, although he has a very clean record and things, he's never really been in trouble at all. Uh, but the headbutt was legit, and to me, I thought that was five games off the bat. That's what I that's what I was thinking off the bat. You know, it, it was very surprising, right? First and foremost, it's Wagner, who is somebody that Giannis shouldn't even pay attention to, right? Like, he's Giannis is so beyond Wagner, no it's not even close. He should, yeah, he he should just keep, you know, move. Don't even don't even consider whatever he said or did as as an issue. But the headbutt, I got some some joy out of this that I didn't expect. And it's because of the Euro connection. So like soccer thing that you brought up, that's the number one thing in soccer that happens. These guys, they go like forehead to forehead and like they're going to kiss. Oh, it's the weirdest fucking way to confront somebody I've ever seen in my life. But in soccer, if you bring your hand up and you even like, you know, just flick the ear of a guy, it's immediately a red card. So they revert to using their heads because the refs may not immediately eject them from the game. Makes and sense. so because Giannis grew up in Greece and probably seeing guys do that for years, like I, I just think that was like immediately what he went to. And I just, I thought it was really funny because there's a lot of things that you can do to try and, you know, hurt somebody, a punch, a push, a shove, you can get in their face and yell. He just, he just didn't even say anything, headbutted the guy and then like tried to talk shit afterwards. I, I thought it was funny. And Moritz is from Germany too. So that's where the other side of the soccer comes in. I think I think Wagner definitely flopped a little bit. Okay. I, I'll say that he like really sold it with the head and and you know all okay. falling down. But I was uh, surprised to see it because it is out of character for him. Even though he's been getting chippy with a couple guys last couple games, so that's been that's been interesting to see. Um, but a one game suspension doesn't seem right. I mean. I think five might be pushing it because he didn't, he didn't swing a punch and he didn't, you know, you know, no connection or anything like that, that would merit like a five or 10 game. But I think maybe three games seems more reasonable than one. And it does seem like the NBA is going like, all right, slap on the wrist. We, you're the, you're the MVP. We're, we're not going to make you sit out. Uh, even though Giannis could probably sit out the whole first round of this playoffs against Orlando and they would sweep, you know, without him. I get that, but you know what, dude? Coming off the bench during a fight is a one-game suspension. What's crazy is, like, the rules are being, like, real lazy, but, like, the officiating of the game is, like, real touch and go. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's yeah. just you – can, you, you can just barely touch somebody and get to the free throw line. That's why these guys are putting up so many points. A three-game I would have been fine with. I think they just uh, – they're being a little too nice to Giannis. So, if that was – if TJ Warren and Jimmy Butler had a head a headbutt, uh, altercation in that prior game, which was very melodramatic. I'm a little upset that, you know, that game wasn't everything we thought it was going to be. But if Jimmy or TJ did that to one another, you best believe it would have been three or five. at least. Right. And I also think that would have led to hands. Oh, that, that's easily. the other side of it. Like if Jimmy or TJ does that to one another, it's not going to end with one of them flopping like that. They went forehead to you forehead. Know? If you remember in that first, right. One, they they were, there was right, no headbutt. Exactly. I just think that's exactly why this played out the way it did is because that's what I was trying to get to with the Moritz Wagner being from Germany thing. It's like he knew how to sell that shit. He's watched soccer before. He knows what to do when someone Homie. does that to you to try and get all the attention off of you and onto the, uh, onto the guy who did Drew, it. Drew, I don't even know what I would do if uh, another man headbutted me. 
I don't even know how to respond to it. <laughs> Having a man's face that close to my face is just so off-putting. I know. I, just, I, think, I think I would, you know, as it's happening, I'm, I'm not going to let him just like lean in with his face. I think I would have put my forearm up before he got, you know, that, that's just my instincts. But again, I, I suppose maybe he thought he was just going to go chest to chest with him right. or something like that. And then just bang right in the jaw. I don't know. I thought that was, it, it was maybe the dumbest thing Giannis has ever done. And that's saying a lot because that's not that big of a deal. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, great intro for this. I've been working on this all day, Drew. Devin Cooker and the Phoenix Stuns, okay? The hottest team in basketball, 7-0 and in the bubble. Who would have thought this? You, myself, everybody else that has a podcast or is a journalist or whatever said Phoenix shouldn't even been invited to this bubble. They're invited. Yep. And they're putting up numbers. And again, this is, and we're repeating ourselves. Sit this time in the bubble are, are perfect situations for some teams and some players. Even the New Jersey Nets with their little bad news bears worth of players on their squad are showing up. Booker and the Suns have, are playing like they have nothing to lose, which they don't, and they're the best team in the bubble. Yeah, part of the reason we wrote them off is because they're, just, they're, they're not the best team. They have some good pieces. And they have a very special player in Devin Booker, Devin Cooker, as you just named him, Chef, Chef Cooker. Um, do you like the intro, though? And the Phoenix Suns? I, I, I do like it. I do like it. I like it. I thought you were going to go, like, Devin Booker and, and some sunny side eggs or something like that. No, come Devin Cooker. The Suns is better. Stay with the cooking. Oh, no, I like, I like the way you did it. But, but on, to be honest, though, like, yes, as, as amazing as Devin Booker has been, the team is what's making this seven-game streak happen. It's not just Book. I mean, last the game that they, they played against the Sixers, he put up 35 points. He had a monster left-handed dunk that I haven't seen him do maybe nice. since Kentucky. Yeah. But Bridges had 24 points. And Ricky Rubio had 16 points and assists. And uh, Kaminsky came off the bench for 13. Sarich had 18 points. Kind of a poor game from Aiton, and they still were able to you know win this game against the Sixers. This is this would be the shock of the bubble uh, out of all. I mean, you know, more than, you know, everyone could have predicted Portland coming out of this. People could have predicted, as I did, that Memphis may not even make the play-in games because it was just a tough road for them. Um, but this is something that nobody could have predicted, that the only remaining team undefeated in the bubble would be the Phoenix Suns. And I'm here for it. Devin Booker is so goddamn good. I mean, I don't know how many years – in a row, I've said that he deserves to be an all-star. It's got to be at least three years. And I just, I, it still blows my mind. He's 23 years old. He's 23 years old. He hasn't even hit his athletic peak. It won't happen for two more years. The kid keeps getting better, and he's on a shit team in which every team that comes in to play him knows that he's the only guy that they're going to go through. So that, to me, makes it even more impressive that he's been able to put up these kinds of numbers because every squad is just queuing in on him and knowing that if they stop him, they're going to get a win. But this is, I mean, for Suns fans that haven't probably had a smile on their face since Nash left, this has got to be about as, as awesome of a moment as, as there can be in the last, what, 10, 9, 10 years? You know what's really cool, and I want to give the Phoenix Suns props on this, that they've been real progressive with even their intros to that game for their players. They had, you know, the players' families introduce them. You know, Rubio had people from all over uh, where he's from 
uh, overseas. Booker had his sister up there. Like, that was a really nice touch for that game. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, that was cool. And it'd be, it would be great to see uh, Booker and Dame go at it for this for this playoff game, you know, this seeding game. And those are two just bona fide scorers, dude. These guys are just legit elite scorers. You know, I would love that's what I would love to see for those playing games. Phoenix and yep. Portland. Um, and that's and that's a real possibility. Man, that's that's the truth of the matter is, is like right now at their pace, that's probably the matchup that we get. But all of this is going to be decided on Thursday, Thursday because every single one of those last four seeds that are eligible have their last game on Thursday. Um, so the, the Grizzlies have to win against the Bucks in order to remain in the play-in game. And if they do that without Giannis, I mean, they're going to play without Giannis. So that's a real possibility that the Grizzlies can pull something out of their ass there. The Suns have to play the Mavericks, which is not going to be an easy game to win because the Suns, again, they're not really strong on defense, and Mavericks are just scoring so many points every game. So that one, the Suns could drop, uh, but it'll be interesting to see if the Mavericks risk playing Doncic and or Porzingis because they don't, again, as you're getting they're ready in, for the first round of playoffs, yeah, right, you, may not, you may not see anybody playing that game. So all of these could be washes. The one that stands out to me the most is uh, the Spurs play the Jazz. Now the Jazz – you know, they may decide again to rest Donovan Mitchell and, and Rudy Gobert just to get prepped for the first round. But they, the Jazz have something to play for. They still have to try and fight maybe to get into that five seed or something along those lines. So that's the game that I do think, you know, the Spurs can definitely beat the Jazz. We've seen it before. Uh, but that's the toughest matchup for one of those four teams. The last matchup is the Trailblazers play the Nets. And, you know, even as good as the Nets have been, as surprisingly good, uh, you're, you got to take Portland and the way that Dame's playing over them for sure. So trailblazers to me are definitely in. I honestly think, you know, as much as I would love to see that Suns matchup, because I would, I definitely want to see that play in scenario happen. I think it's possible that the Grizzlies pull this out over the bucks without Giannis and we get a, uh, a Grizzlies Portland matchup. I, I just, I think, no, but my point being like if Giannis is out and the, and bucks have nothing to play for, maybe Middleton gets 20 minutes, right. you know, maybe, maybe they're just rocking with their second unit. And that's why I'm thinking the Grizzlies might actually come out of this with a win. Well, one thing we do know, and the Clippers just went on a 10-3 run. I'm really stoked. Sorry, I keep looking at my TV on this. Because we planned on doing this pod just so it would cover halftime. But again, we always say that and we just go over. The one thing that we do know is the Eastern Conference matchups. And the one thing that we wanted was Miami Heat versus Pacers. Uh, I know we blew up uh, TJ and, and Jimmy last week, but now we're going to see a seven-game series with these two. The other ones I don't like at all. Like, I just feel like we already know who's going to win those. Minus Philly because Joel went down again today with an ankle. I, I, I just don't see it. Was it was his hand. Oh, I thought it was sprained his ankle. It was his hand. No, no. That, that was, that was the, like the game before. Uh, this one, Marcus Saul came down on his hand. Mm-hmm. And like it looked like he almost he might have like maybe even uh, you know messed up a bone in his in his uh, left hand I believe or no it might have been a shooting in his right hand but you're absolutely right the the matchups in the East are pretty much locked in as far as what we expect to come out of them we know the matchups are locked in but Milwaukee's going to beat Orlando that's not going to be a problem Toronto's going to take care of business against the Nets not a problem it is that three six between Boston and Philly and then the four five Miami and Indiana. Those are the only two series that are actually up, I think, for grabs. But you can write it off. I mean, if the Celtics have to play the, the Sixers 
and there's no Embiid and no Simmons, Correct. that'll be done in four games as well. Even though Tobias, Tobias Harris is playing his ass off right now uh, for, for Philly. So, but there's only so many things they can do without Embiid, and they need Embiid because that's where the matchup is beneficial for them is they have a very big matchup against Boston small ball, which is something I mentioned on the previous uh, pod that we dropped. Uh, but you're right. East is set. The Wizards were the only team really that clearly did not deserve to be there. Um, they actually have finished. They they actually finished the season in like the 11 seat technically. Jerome Robinson was the third most improved player in the bubble, plus 11.3. Shout out to my boy Jerome just getting his buckets, yo. That was big for him, man. That's a big confidence boost because he has not been like making his way in this league. He's about to get bounced out. Uh, but this is a nice recovery for him. Hopefully he'll be able to take that and move it into next season. But I think it's hilarious that the Charlotte Hornets now have a better record than the Washington Wizards, and Charlotte hasn't played a game in the bubble. I'm with that, dude. Hey, playoffs start Monday. This is when yep. everything starts. And this game that the Clippers are playing right now against Denver to lock down that two seed, I told you I really want Dallas. We want Dallas. And it's a potential that uh, Clippers, Denver, could see each other second round if we win this game tonight. Even if we lose, we can still potentially get the second spot. But tonight would solidify everything. Um, and I would really – just the, the length of Denver is so crazy, man. This is a shout-out to my Clipper guy, though. 14 and 13 is what Zubak's been averaging. That's huge numbers, okay? I really like – he's got 15 and 10 right now in the third quarter. You know, everything's happening. Drew, what did you think about the halftime hitter? Should we do this again at some time? Yeah, I think this worked out perfectly. And honestly, like, I think the nice part about the seeding games being over and the playoffs starting is that it shouldn't be so chaotic where we have, you know, two, three games on at the same time and we're all trying to bounce between how many screens can I actively watch basketball on. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, we can definitely bring back the halftime hitter. I'm just saying I don't know if we'll need to because we might actually get some space and some timing here uh, to actually get some analysis and not have to rush uh, and to we try and get our content. We promise you we will have a studio podcast on Saturday, okay? There's just too much. Drew lives an hour away. These Zooms got to work for you guys, and they actually don't sound that bad. I get a little, I get a little weird about it because I hate the freezes and stuff like that, but hopefully you guys are still enjoying it. We're doing this for you. Again, we're knocking this out for you guys. So I uh, hope you enjoyed Halftime Hitter. If Drew wants to, I'd love for you to take him out with my boy Young Thug, Halftime. I think that's a great beat. That'll be perfect for us. So it's the follow through with Clips and Drew. Clipper's about to get that second spot, and we're ghosts. Let's go. Halftime. Half a perky, half a zany nigga. Halftime. Half a paintball up, ain't my nigga. Halftime. Trying to rock that stick, turn it body to halftime. Yeah. Hit the streets and tear the bitch up like on Willie B. Yeah. No Tennessee, but that chain on my neck is a T. No milk bleak, bitch, I own the rock, not JC. Rock, you did. War ready like Tracy T. You did. Rest on, rest on, rest. Just might pull up on my sweater. All my diamonds black. You can motherfucking night em. All these pussy nigga wet. I'm a Merkel Mary Nidal. Pull up screaming bleak. Every time I dress myself, it go motherfucking viral. Pussy nigga steal his swag, wear my shit back like recycles. Ha! All my ass off for some head. 
I don't know that hoe I act like she dead. Insurance on my money like a wreck. Every time I see her, she look at cleavage. Fuck her on the ten thousand dollar bed. Why can never love a fucker ass? Suck my dick like Bieber, no but head. Cocaine white like Justin Bieber, bitch. I might show them rats and tease the bitch. I might want it, but I don't need the bitch. I've been flooded out my Jesus, bitch. I want your piece of Lil Caesar, bitch. Knife fought, I buy my diesel, bitch. I don't wanna talk to see a snitch. No teacher, we choking shit. I pass cool by patting all the styles. I just want that net like a giraffe. I like fish and water, I'm a bell. Seventeen five, I shave it like it's now. Lay hat, watch the kids like a day cow. I don't play game, no, I'm not the foul. I got hot wheels like a motherfucker. Sure. Chanel vintage, but this shit's real. Ah. Uh-huh. 